To start things off, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsors, Extra Chewing Gum. We're about to binge on some cringe memories as our lovely guests open up about their early dating experiences. But Extra Chewing Gum is on a mission to give everyone that extra confidence they need to avoid needless dating disasters. Extra's fresh, new personalized packs will breathe new life, literally, into your dating game. Whether that's plucking up the courage to make the first move or staying calm in the face of that lush portion of garlic bread. Yum. Pick up a personalized Find Your Other Half pack today and find that special someone you want to share your gum with. Right, on with the show. Come on. Hold on, the dog is, dog is growling at the door. Oh, come on, mate. Come on, come on. In you go. Come on. There he goes. Now he's joining us. Aww. The dog is here. It's all good. There you go. Hi, Mick. And he wanted to come in and say hello. Oh, can I go hello. on a date with Mick? Do you know what? I just think Mick is that... Mick is that person who is definitely not paying the bill, which is fine, and then will definitely be ghosting you because he'll have met someone else. I just feel like Aww. that's who Mick is. <laughs> Mick? No, don't do Would you welcome me into your family, Laura, if I was like, I'm marrying Mick? Imagine if Mick was a human. Yeah, I'd welcome you into the family. You could live in the spare room with the dog. Welcome to the Dating Hall of Fame, an audible honouring and ode to dates gone wrong. We're recording remotely, so please forgive the occasional technical glitch. It comes part and parcel with lockdown living. Samantha Baines, welcome to Dating Hall of Fame. It sounds like a game show. What could you win today? (laughs) Can I win a cuddly toy in an STI test? (laughs) That's exactly what you could win, but you've got to get the questions right. How are you? I'm good. I've had a cup of tea. I look horrific, but I'm feeling snazzy. Ready to talk about all my worst dates. Is Is this going to be a long podcast? Oh my God, I've got so many. I was thinking about them before, obviously, when you asked me to do it. And I was like, do I have any stories? And then so many more just kept coming out of my brain. I was like, I can't believe I forgot that. So there's quite a few, yeah. You're a comedian. You're also a divorcee. I'm just wondering, what's your, before we start talking about the joys of being divorced, what's your current status, relationship status at the moment? Single, ready to mingle. Was there mingling happening during lockdown? Well, I went on the dating apps because, you see, the dating apps didn't exist before I met my ex-husband. So when I was with him, my friends had started getting into that whole dating world and I was always really jealous. So I've been getting into that post-divorce and I think it's very exciting. I know lots of people complain about dating apps, but I'm like, it's like a little black book of people you haven't slept with yet. It's great. You just don't know. It's a new experience. So I have been on the dating apps and talking to a few people, but it just felt during lockdown just felt a bit pointless because I'm like, I'm going to have to talk to him now for months before I actually get to see them. And that's boring. Does that put you so, off? Do you, the, yeah, the talking without physical connection, does that kind of put yeah. you off the, the dating scene? Definitely, because I I definitely have to meet someone and like feel the vibe. I think sometimes dating apps can be useful to like get rid of the crazies or the people that you like definitely don't want to come into contact with ever. How do you know someone's a crazy on a dating app? Like, what are the telltale signs? 
they send you a picture of their genitalia early doors. No, that doesn't actually happen, does it? Yes, it does. I mean, a lot of dating apps now have like made it so that that can't really happen. But a lot of a lot of people on dating apps ask you to then follow them on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then they send you dick pics like straight out the bag. A guy once sent me a picture of him at a picnic. So there was like a picnic blanket and he was sitting at the picnic in shorts and his penis was just popping out of his shorts. And that was the picture he sent me. What? Like flaccid he, penis he, out of the shorts. Okay, first, there's so many things wrong with this image. First of all, yeah. it was probably not his penis in his best position. You know, the penis was probably upset going, look, you're not showing me in my best light. And second of yeah. all, was he in a public space? And who took the picture? Exactly. Just genitalia flying in the wind. I think I think dick pics are so hilarious because I've seen quite a few in my time, especially post-divorce. Like people are well into dick pics now. And I always get really bothered by like the landscape in the dick pic. Like there was one a guy sent me and he was sitting on a white leather sofa. I hope you don't have a white leather sofa, Laura, because no. I... I think they're horrific because it's like wiped clean and it's white. It's weird. So there was that. And then the carpet sort of framing his penis from behind was like this black shag pile carpet that looked like it had never been cleaned. And I just feel like if I was a man with an erection and I was probably going to do something about that erection, I wouldn't be able to concentrate with a carpet like that in the background. I'd be like wanking watching porn and then going on like made.com to be like, no, actually, I just, first things first. To be fair to that lad, he probably sent that picture not having a clue that out of everything in that picture, you would be most annoyed about the carpet and his sofa. (laughs) Yeah, but we've all seen a penis. Yeah, true. Well, most of us have. Most of us. So that's the bit that you sort of know what you're going to get, but it's the <laughs> thing that surrounds the penis that helps you read into that individual. Oh, so, does he um, have style? Yeah. And weirdly, my my gay friend got was single at the same time as me, and he would show me his dick pics, and I know it sounds stereotypical, but they were genuinely nicer and had like mm. nice lighting and nice furnishings. And I was like, I want to be dating these guys. So next time you're thinking of sending a dick pic to any of my listeners, maybe just think about where you're going to do it. Think of the lighting, think of the setup. Think about how much time and effort you'd put into a Zoom call. That's as much time and effort you need to put into taking a picture of your dick. Yeah. <laughs> One more question about dick pics before we move on from this as a topic. Like, do you just get sent them without asking for them? Because I sometimes think, like, is it a bit rude just to send them if the other person isn't expecting it or want it? Is it something that you should wait until someone asks you to do? Yeah, you should absolutely never send an unsolicited picture of your genitals, male or female, because that's like harassment. But that does happen. You know, if you're sexting and that's the thing, then it's Mm. different. And like you're both consenting to it. But yeah, you absolutely need consent before you send a picture like that. And I have friends that have had a dick pic and then the person's gone, oh, sorry, wrong person. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, but they obviously knew who that person was. Was it like a mate or something? I think that's their excuse. 
for okay. sending it, but then being like, oh, I haven't sent you an unsolicited dick pic, really. But that's worse, though. It's worse that then they just send it to you back because they're sending it to other. I don't know what's the best in that situation. I know. Just <laughs> so be careful weird. with the dick pics, guys, please, for the love of God. Right, Samantha, you have a brilliant podcast called The Divorce Club. And I want to ask you about the different people that you have had on that show because. Have you kind of got to grips and understood what it means to be divorced? And have you looked at being divorced in a different way from doing that podcast? Yeah, definitely. It's been so, it's actually been amazing for me. <laughs> really selfishly, the podcast has helped Free counselling. Yeah, I think I separated from my ex-husband mm-hmm. at, just after I was 30. So mm-hmm. for for me, you know, I I felt that that was young at the time. And from people's reactions, you know, when you're 30 and you're like, I'm getting divorced, they tend to be quite shocked. And mm-hmm. none of my friends or like peers that I knew of had been divorced before. So I felt that I didn't really have anyone to like talk about it with or like ask advice or, you know, just hear their experiences. And it, it just makes you feel less alone because divorce is a very lonely process in its essence. You are, mm-hmm. you know, separating yourself from a couple and to be on your own. It's also very freeing and wonderful in lots of ways. But I mainly started the podcast just to talk to other people who are going through what I was going through and like get some advice. And it's been, yeah, it's been incredible. Like so many tidbits of great advice, like Sarah Milliken uh, was in series one of the podcast and she said to change my ex-husband's name on my phone to something funny, like... I can't remember what she called hers, but I decided far orange would be a good thing. Lovely. Because Rolls at the time, the yeah, at the time I was looking at an orange and possibly wanted to fart. So that was the first thing that came into my head. But she said, change it to something funny so that every time they message you, instead of you being like, oh, it's my ex-husband or oh, it's my ex-husband, you know, it makes you have a little giggle. So I really like that. And then also Jess Robinson in series two, she calls her first husband, her practice husband. Um, To his face. (laughs) I don't know about to his face. But what I think is so brilliant about that is by calling him practice husband, you know, you're positively setting up a mindset of there's going to be another one that will be the real one. Mm-hmm. And also that you've know you've had a go and now you can do it again better. And I really like the idea of that because I think so often divorce can feel like the end, like you've had your chance, mm. now it's over. And so I think practice is is really great. And and also just people sharing their really low moments as well as their high moments helps you see that things will get better and other people have also lain face down on their floor in the kitchen and cried and that's normal oh yeah that's that's not just something like for you to do we've all been there divorced or not how do you find dating as a divorcee and and telling people that I've been married before does that kind of affect people's perception does it make people more interested does it kind of put people off well I'm 33 so a lot of people that I will be dating of a similar age to me, you know, will have had long-term relationships before or Mm -hmm. might even have children from those relationships or will have been married before themselves. If they haven't had any of those things, I think it can put them off if I say I used to be married. They sort of do a like shocked face. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't expect that. I'm viewing you in a completely different way. It's really interesting coming out of a divorce and dating again, because it can be a really scary thing because, you know, I was with my ex for eight years altogether. And then going back to the dating scene after that, you're like, oh my God, I don't know what happens. Like, I don't know how to navigate this new world. But equally, you do know yourself much more. And I think divorce is such an intense process. Like it does make you really look at yourself and feel comfortable spending time on your own again. And you know what you want much more because you've been through something that didn't work for whatever reason. But it also means that I'm quite cutthroat because you meet someone and you're like, well, I'm not going to marry them. So bye. Is that where your headspace is now when you you go on dates? (laughs) Well, it was initially because I was Mm -hmm. like, well, initially I just wanted to have sex and have a nice time. And I definitely did. Well, when you're getting married, you think I've had sex with this number of people and that's Mm -hmm. the, I'm never going to have sex with anyone else because I'm getting Mm -hmm. married now. So that's my number. And then you Mm -hmm. come out of the marriage, you're like, oh my God, (laughs) there's so much more time. I can double my numbers. (laughs) Yeah. And I think also you know, normally at the end of a marriage, maybe you'll have lost your self-esteem. I know I did. And I was feeling a bit like not confident in the, in the way I looked and in me feeling sexy and my, my confidence was down. Is it also, you you mentioned, you mentioned there like that, you know, you you know that when you get married, like this is going to be the man I sleep with for the rest of my life. And then you become so comfortable with that one person and as, as exciting it is to sleep with other people, when that marriage ends and you get divorced, like it's only been that one person who's seen you naked, do you know? Like, did you kind of, was that kind of a bit, I don't know, were you nervous about that when you're kind of back on the scene again going, oh, I've, I've just, I know, I know this one guy and that's who I've spent all my time with. And now suddenly. I don't think I was nervous. I was more nervous that like people would just see me in my clothes and be like, you're not attractive, bye. And just leave the date. I was more excited about the sex side because mm-hmm. I had just had sex with one person for nearly a decade. And I was excited to like try new things because it is like, you know, when you when you meet someone in your early 20s and then you stay with them for a really long time and you have this sexual relationship with them and you work out what you like as a couple you don't really then know what you like as an individual. You know what you mm, like yeah, in that relationship yeah. with that person. Yeah. So so I, actually I was quite excited about that aspect of things. But initially I just thought no one would want to date me or fancy me. And so actually going on dates was like a revelation because I was like, oh my God, these people find me attractive. What? And obviously you should not go off just what other people think. But in in the process of me kind of getting my confidence back and starting to love myself again, that does really help. Like other people being like, oh, you're interesting. I'll sit with Mm. you for two hours and have a drink and then want to have sex with you. So I also find you attractive. It can be a really nice feeling at the beginning because you might have been missing that in in your marriage. And normally at the end of a marriage, you know, unless it's a complete shock, if it's kind of dwindling, those things do go, you know, the sex life and and you feeling like you're attractive. And Mm -hmm. so it was actually a really exciting time getting out there and dating and yeah, knowing what I wanted again. I want to get into your head, Samantha, right? So I want to kind of 
think about what type of data you are. So I'm going to move on to the next round, which is the deal breaking round. So the deal breaking round is based on celebrity dating disasters reported in the media. And I want to know if you think these things are deal breakers on first dates and how you'd react if you were put in that situation. Got it? Okay. I'm going to use friend of the show's horror story, Georgie Porter, from episode three. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it. She, I mean, she had some awful trouble on dates, but she went on a date with a guy who showed up, Sam, four hours late. And the thing was, it wasn't just four hours in one go. It kept being like, I'm 20 minutes late. Oh, I'm going to be another half an hour late. So it wasn't like he said four hours from the start. So she couldn't just leave and come back. He just kept saying another 20 minutes, another 20 minutes, another 10 minutes. But she waited till the end and she had the date with him. Would that have been a deal breaker for you? Yeah, 100%. Four hours. I definitely wouldn't have still been there. I think after three messages of like, I'm going to be another 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. I'd have been like, I'm going now. Bye. I did wait an hour once for a date, but that's because he was at hospital with his friend. So I was like, that's okay. I'll let him off. But then it was the worst day ever because we got on really well over drinks. And then we went back to his house. Yep. Sometimes I have sex with people on a first date. It's okay. I'm allowed. Uh, I went back to his house and then we started and he was hungry. So he ordered pizza. So he asked me if I wanted any pizza. I was like, no, we've literally just had dinner during our day. (laughs) So he ordered for himself three pizzas. So he ordered them on an app. So then we started doing things in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the pizzas arrived. So we had to stop while he went downstairs to collect the pizza. And I thought he'd bring the pizza back up and then we'd continue on until we were finished. And then he would eat pizza. No, no, no. He went to collect the pizza, came back up. I was still like naked in his bed. This was so offensive because I was like newly divorced. And it was like one of my first dates and I was like am I that shit at sex that he's Mm -hmm. picked pizza although to be fair pizza is really good he then sat on the bed naked with me under the covers like what is going on eating the pizza and he put Ren and Stimpy on on his laptop and watched it and ate the pizza and then when he'd finished the pizza he wanted to carry on having sex and I was like no so you waited an hour and didn't eat. And then he came, you ate a meal and then he went back to his for some sexy times. And then he ate three pizzas in the bed. It's just, I'm also like, it's a bit messy. It's just also, do you not yeah. feel bloated to have, like, I don't like eating a lot of food before sex. After sex is fine. But before you just feel a bit bloated. You feel a bit tired. You're in a food coma. Do you know? Yeah. You don't want someone to be pounding against your food, baby. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> With the like margarita up. breath. Yeah. It was so weird. I was so offended. It was. And did you say strange. anything to him? I guess you didn't really know him that well. Did you say anything to him? Did you say this is weird? Yeah, I said this is weird. What are you doing? Was there a second date? No. Uh, no, afterwards he said he wanted to write a comedy with me. Oh, ab- about your experience of dating him, maybe? No, just generally because he thought I was a good comedian. I was like, no. Bye. And then he came to see my show in Edinburgh and brought all of his friends. And I told all of his friends what had happened. By this stage, I had more confidence again. So Mm -hmm. I was back to normal me. I feel like normal me now wouldn't have stayed in that bed while he ate the pizza. I would have gone home. Life is too short. Yeah. 
he came to see the show and then we had drinks afterwards and I told his friends exactly what had happened Mm -hmm. while he was at the bar and they were like in shock and then he came back from the bar and then I told him that I told his friends and I think he genuinely didn't think he'd done anything weird like he didn't think I had a problem with his friends though when his friends obviously saw that side did he when you told his friends and they were all like oh man what you doing do you think the penny dropped at that stage yeah, definitely. He looked very rabbit in the headlights. I like calling people out on on. I their. think that's important too. Don't stop and then eat three. Yeah. Also, the Ren and Stimpy on the oh, laptop no, was the final no. straw. Oh, I wanted to just God. smash him around the face with the pizza. Uh, right, we're going to move on to number two in our deal-breaking round. Our favourite queer eye culture expert, uh, Caramo Brown, he said that his worst first date was actually with his now husband. So things changed around. He said that his husband ghosted him for the first three weeks. Now, I have a thing with ghosting because ghosting didn't really happen when I was growing up because we all lived in the same town and sure you could see them. Do you know what I mean? But just ghosting, how do you feel about that whole concept? I just think it's like cowardly. I went on a date with a guy and I didn't, you know, he was lovely, but I didn't really feel any spark. And I I sort of gave him that impression during the date, like I didn't lead him on. And then mm. afterwards, he asked me on another date on WhatsApp. And I said to him, you know, that that evening after the date, I was like, you're a really lovely guy, but I'm sorry, I don't see a spark. But, you know, good luck with all the dating. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a stage in my life where I'm very happy being me and being single. So Mm. I think if I was looking for a relationship and I really liked someone and then they ghosted me, I'd be really upset about it. But Mm. because I'm just at the moment having a nice time, if someone stops replying, I just go, okay, well, that's that answer. I don't think it's a nice way to do things, but I just kind Mm. of let it go and move on to the next one. There's plenty more fish in the sea. But there are a couple of people who like just don't reply and then I'm like okay I'll move on to the next one and then come back out of the woodwork like two months later being like oh hey sorry I never replied let's go out again and it's what just, were they doing what were they being busy exactly. after like what? Nah. it's, it's really nah, yeah, I, I have no time for that also it's difficult like being in the public eye a little bit because mm. one of them got back in contact because he saw me on someone's Instagram live that he follows and they were like interviewing me and then he was like oh hey I saw you on this Instagram live let's go out again and I was like well obviously I look good on the Instagram live did you go out with him so no I didn't but yeah. that's so weird I mean, I probably would, to be fair, because he's a nice guy and it's not going to lead to anything, but we might have like a fun drinks. He was really good to chat to. We had like a fun time. So, but I think that's, that's weird as well. Like, because obviously when I met my ex-husband, we, I was an actress, but I wasn't really doing very much. Whereas now I do a bit of telly and a bit of podcasting and I've got a book. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, a date wouldn't necessarily like recognize me on a dating app, but people Google people. So I, I went on a date recently to before lockdown with a guy who'd obviously Googled me. So I didn't tell, and I never tell people my last name on dating apps, but he'd Googled Samantha comedian 
and like tr- obviously trailed the internet until he found my Wikipedia page. And weirdly, I don't know if he still says it, but someone had put that my birthday was in November on my Wikipedia page, which it isn't. So I don't know why they got that information. But he said on the date, so he he was peppering things in during the date about like specific questions that would lead to something I'd done. So like I was mm-hmm. in The Crown and he'd be like, have you seen the TV show The Crown? And I obviously I'm not going to be like, yeah, I was in it. So I was just like, yeah, I saw a bit of it actually. Do you like it? And then he'd be like, oh, you're an actor. Do you know anyone who was in it? And I was like, oh. But wait, I he knew know. this already. That's weird. He knew yeah, it. Like so why, why would he do that? So he kept pushing it. And then at one, the, the way I realized was he said, something about my birthday being in November. So what, so that means I'm this star sign. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? You wikipedia me. I'm not that star sign. And I was like, why did you think I was? And he was like, oh, because you said your birth, you said when your birthday is. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think I did. And he was like, your birthday is, you said your birthday is in November. And I was like, well, I, I definitely didn't because that isn't when my birthday is. However, and- Wikipedia have a mistake. <laughs> Yeah. And I'd only, and it was so weird because it's not like I check my own Wikipedia every day, but my friend or something had told me literally that week that it said my birthday mm-hmm. was in November. And so it was just, I don't know. I know we Google people, you know, or you look them up on Facebook or whatever. Do you I not Google? Not you must that. Google. You don't. I find it very hard to go on a blind date with someone if I have their name and not do a little bit of research beforehand. You must do. Really? No, I don't. Not the first day. Because I want to just judge them completely on when I meet them. And like, what? You're a better woman than I. I think if I liked them after a few days, I might Google them and like look at pictures. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, when you've had a few dates with someone and your friends are like, oh, who are you dating? And then they want to see a picture. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's useful if you've got the Google access to good photos <laughs> to show your friends. But no, I never Google people before a first date. It's weird. I think, I don't know what he should have done in that scenario. Uh, Maybe lesson, though, he must have been, He must have been embarrassed, though, because it's very clear yeah. what he's done. It's very yeah. clear what he's done. Right. I want to um, go to some of our listeners' stories in our deal breakers of first dates. Okay. What do you think of this? This was sent in by Nikki McDonald. She says that she was invited on a first date and it turned out to be the guy's cat's funeral. So he asked her if she wanted to come along with his friends, but the cat had died and that they were going to have a funeral. Oh my God. She thought it was really weird and she, she turned it down. She never saw him. But in hindsight, she kind of wishes she'd gone. What do you think? A funeral, a cat funeral for a first date with someone? Well, weirdly, this week, my cat got hit by a car and died. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, I'm so, oh, now I'm bringing up cat funerals. This is terrible. Yeah. Oh. So, so I, technically, you could be inviting somebody to a cat's funeral. Yeah. But I think I, well, I guess it's, 
depends how close you are to your pet. But I like mm. loved my cat so much. There's still mm. one left. It was Victoria and Albert and Albert died. Oh. That fits historical records. It really but does. But it's still so. very sad. So Victoria now, my cat, is going to be in a period of mourning for like 20 years and then become Empress of India. But I think because I was so close to my cat, I'd mm. it's it's a really personal thing, I think, like your cat funeral or whatever you do to send them off so and I'll definitely cry so I don't think I would want I don't think that's want a to good have someone you don't impression. know that well yeah so I think that's that's strange but maybe they were just looking to up the numbers on the cat funeral I kind of wish Nikki had gone on that because I really want to know like how big a cat funeral that was well this is the problem yeah. as a comedian I do feel drawn to weird situations because I'm like I might get some good comedy out of it so I wouldn't want to go on that first date cat funeral for sexy love reasons, but I would probably go Content. for comedy reasons, <laughs> yeah. which is But that must, that must petrify. Like, I know I, I date a comedian and like one of the rules was just don't talk about me in your set. Do, do you not scare people off a little bit? Because you know the way, like, if I have a bad date or something doesn't work out in a relationship, I might go and tell my mates about it. But you can go up on a stage and make it funny and tell the world. I can't believe Ian agreed to that rule. Relationship stuff is best for comedy. I mean, well done for getting that in early. Yeah, I think a lot of men particularly, because sometimes I date women as well, especially if they think they're funny, if they're like the funny one mm -hmm. in the office, can be, yeah, a little bit like daunted by the fact that I get up on stage and make people laugh. And also, you know, my comedy is very, I I overshare. I'm very honest. I like talk about my weird sexual experiences. I talk about periods. I talk about um, amazing women and, it's, you know, do mm -hmm. quite feminist sets and stuff. So I think for a certain type of fella that can be quite daunting. And I've actually- But it's probably changed... not a fella that you want to go out with, to be honest. Well, exactly. Exactly. So I, I have actually changed my, you know, where it says what your job is on dating apps. I've just <gasps> changed it to writer. Okay. Do you think it'll just not scare off people as much? Well, I, I, hopefully it means that they won't Google me and find me. Yeah. If they just have the word Samantha and writer. Um, yeah, but then your books will come up if they do that. So they will find you. Yeah, but there There's are way, way more Samantha authors. Yeah. So yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. and my picture won't be there. It will just be the yeah. book picture. So this is my idea. But but yeah, also I think if you say comedian and then people message you like, oh, tell me a joke or are women funny or like all of that shit, it just cuts all of that shit out. But then I will, I would tell them on a first date if they were like, what do you do to see how they react? Because yeah, I don't, I think if someone's daunted by me just because I'm a comedian, then, mm -hmm. you know, I'll see how they react, but it's probably not, they're probably not going to be the one for me. Sam, you've been quite open. You know, you date men and women. Do you talk about that? Say if you're dating a guy, will you say that to a guy on a first date? No, because men get too excited by the prospect. Do you think, um, do you think it's, they, they think it's a turn on as opposed to makes them feel that they've just got more competition? Well, some guys are like, okay. And other guys are like, oh, can I watch you on your next day? And that's like, oh God, no, go away. I don't really call myself bisexual. I guess mm -hmm. I do date, tend to date more men than women, but I mm -hmm. do, you know, 
if if I really like a woman, I wouldn't not date them because they're a woman. But I do tell women on dates that I also date men because some uh, women who call themselves lesbians don't like dating people who date men and women. I don't know why. There's a bit of kind of stigma around it. Mm-hmm. But the the women I've been on dates with have been fine with it. But yeah, I'd be more honest with a woman than I would with a guy. What about the other way around? If you're dating a man or a woman who are bisexual, do you want them to be open with you from the very start of the relationship or from the first date? No, I don't think it really matters. If they're mm-hmm. dating me, they're dating me. So that's fine. At some point, I'm sure it'll come up, but I don't think it's need to know information on a first date. Finally, I uh, want to go to another listener, to Sandra. This is our final first date deal breaker. Okay, so Sandra went on a first date with a guy. He turned up at her house with an Aldi bag full of dirty laundry and asked if he could use her machine because his was broken. Absolutely not. What? Oh, people Whoa. are mad. I would shut the door in his face. Oh, what would, would you, would you, or would you just be so overwhelmed you'd let them use it? I think I would just let him use it. No, I'd shut the door in his face. I'd be like, okay, what the goodbye. fuck do you think this is? Bye. <laughs> like, go to a laundrette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, also Cheap. the thought of that, like, he was like, oh, I'm going to go on a date. Oh, I do need to do some washing. I know, <laughs> I'll just bring it. Like, that. The, a person who makes that connection is not someone I, I even want to let in my house, let alone go on a date with. Well, Sandra, I really hope you didn't do a second date or even finish the first date with that. Uh, right, Sam, I'm going to ask you now to go into the vault, Sam, right? And I feel like there's going to be a lot in there. But can you share with us your best worst date story? Wow. The best one. <laughs> there was a very interesting one. It wasn't that the first date was the worst. It was mm-hmm. the aftermath. So I went on a date with a guy called Sam. Which <laughs> Sam and I, Sam. Yeah. I was very interested in. I was looking forward to shouting my own name during sex. In a kind of <laughs> Your name was like, oh my, she's having a lovely time with herself in there. <laughs> yeah. Sam. <laughs> easy to remember as well so I was well up for it so we went on this date and you know had a really fun time got on quite well we like really liked each other and then I didn't hear from him for like a week and I was like really offended because we'd had such Mm. a brilliant time and he was like I definitely want to see you again and this was before I got married so I was quite young and and I was like looking for the one so I was yeah really upset didn't hear from him for a week then got a text from his sister saying that the day after our date he'd gone out with his friends and hit his head and had been in a coma for a week. No. And he'd just woken up and asked her to text me so that I knew that he wasn't ignoring me. Oh, okay, okay. I need to take a moment with this one because there have been times when my friends who are dating at the moment say they haven't heard from the guy and I'm quite an optimistic person and my optimism always brings me down towards, well, maybe they hit their head and they're in a coma. But let's be honest, that actually never happens. It does. It happened to me. I know it sounds like something from a soap. To begin with, I was like, is this just a massive excuse? Yeah, did you believe? I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have believed the story. 
But then I was like, to get his sister involved, yeah, weird. Anyway, so then he started sending me pictures of him in hospital. So I was like, <laughs> okay, this seems more legit. And then when he got out of hospital, our second date was at his parents' house because he lived with his parents at the time and mm-hmm. he wasn't really allowed to go out because he had a head injury. So his dad picked me up from the closest train station. So I met his family on the second day. And then we like went to his house and we basically just had like a date in his bedroom. But he couldn't drink because of the head injury. And like he had like a shaved head from where they'd like operated and stuff. And yeah, and I was there like with his whole family and... It was very strange. So that went on for a little bit. I can't believe I went along with it. And I guess, well, I guess I liked him and I was like, this awful thing has happened. Well, I'm really happy that you liked him because could you imagine if you didn't, you'd you'd feel guilty. You'd still have to go. Like if you didn't like the first date and then you found out he was in a coma and then he asked you to come around to his parents' house, like you can't decline that invite. (laughs) Yes, you can. You can decline anything. But yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I'd end up marrying the guy I felt so bad. (laughs) Well, I found out then, though, that the reason he'd had a head injury was because he got really drunk with his friends and decided it'd be a good idea to slide down the escalator, you know, the middle of the escalators on the tube. Oh, no. He's he's that guy. Yeah. And then as he started being able to drink more because the head injury got better, he just became the person who does that every week. And I was like, no, thank you. So actually he was great while he was concussed and sober. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then not so great when he wasn't. But that's probably my weirdest. It does give me hope for all those, all those men who never replied. Clearly they just had a coma. They banged their head and then they just forgot to message back. See, there is a chance. what happened. This next section is where the public lends us their voice. So I've got a voice note that someone sent in to us whilst um, the sender was outside going for a walk with her dog, actually. So there you go. Dogs everywhere. And uh, do you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to let her explain everything and then we'll chat afterwards. I remember being like 17 on a first date at Weatherspoons in Beckenham. And I was, he was like, can you drive? I was like, yeah, I can drive. I've never driven a car. And he was like showing off. By the way, he was gross. He was a tree surgeon. Not the tree surgeon bit matters, but just to give you a bit of context. I don't even think that gives it context. Anyway, um, he then, I'm lost. He then was like, oh, yeah, okay, to show me off, show off his new car, just to show it off. He was basically asking, can I drive? So then we got there. I was like, yeah, I can drive. And I reversed it back into a bollard and crashed it. And that was the first date. It didn't end well. He definitely didn't give me a lift home, that's for sure. Sam... Thoughts. First of all, I don't. She's going very. I don't know what dog she's got, but she sounds out of breath. Must be a big dog. <laughs> she's on a run. Fair enough. She's on a run. Voice note: Run. I mean, first of all, I want to pick up on the tree surgeon section. I think that's a because, cool job. 
Yes. I once had a tree surgeon come round to my house to look at my trees, genuinely. And my friend and yours, David Morgan, were mm-hmm. comedian, was at my house. And this tree surgeon arrived and we were both floored. He was the most beautiful man in the world. I couldn't I couldn't speak to him about trees because I was just like, oh, hello. I went all giggly. And David was like, I'm going to come outside with you to hear about the trees. So, Did he have a massive my- axe? No, unfortunately. He had massive arms. I mean, I was, I really wanted him to climb up my trees, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I mean, my actual trees. He never sent me a quote, actually. So maybe he didn't like the vibe. Um, But tree surgeons are hot, can be hot. Mm -hmm. This one is. I mean, well, it's his fault. It's the guy's fault for wanting to show off his car. Mm -hmm. And also, Do not let, I can't drive, but do not let a stranger drive your new car that you're really proud of, like someone you've just Mm -hmm. met. It's Mm -hmm. just not a good idea. So I think it's totally his fault. And it's hilarious that she drove it into a bollard. I want to know if he charged her for damages. That would give you an idea of of what sort of guy it was <laughs> I don't even know who I'm I between the two of them like I kind of I kind I know it sounds bad but I kind of like that she damaged the car is that bad yeah no I I felt like that was a quite triumphant right. moment I don't know yeah. why I think it's because he was so proud of his car and we've all met one of those people uh, boys like, boys and their toys I remember once there was a guy who brought me out on a date it was only the one date and he just showed up in what can only be described as the Batmobile and it was so loud, like, arr, arr, like it was so loud. I wasn't actually, I wasn't Batman. I went on a date, just so you know. But it was like, <laughs> know those cars which are really low down. So like, I, I had a dress on. I just couldn't even get into the car. It was just so like, and I knew he thought he was like the business. And I was like, I would just rather that we had got an Uber or you'd showed up in like anything, a Prius, anything, but just not this. I, I think it's so weird as well that like picking you up thing I've never mm. really I can't get in a car with someone else driving when I don't know them very well weirdly I don't drive Why? but when I was younger I had so, well I had mm. so many weird things happen in cars I, I once a guy took me I met this guy in Gap he worked in Gap and we mm-hmm. got chatting over the jeans and I was like yeah I'll go on a date with you he picked me up from my house this is when I lived with my parents so I was quite young in his car it was the worst car. It was it was not even a whole car. Like bits were falling off. And I was like, oh my God, my mum was like really worried about me. She thought I was going to die in this car. So I got in the car, but I was like, it's fine, whatever. Got in the car and we were driving to the cinema or something. And he was like, oh, by the way, the brakes don't work very well. What? That is not a calming... <laughs> Like and, and telling you that when you're like already in the car, no, yeah, and it's moving. So, so there was like lots of like hairy turns that we did, and we got to the cinema, and I was like so freaked out. And then also he had very long nails, and he was stroking my hand in the cinema with <laughs> his nails. Yeah. And then another time, I went on a date with a guy, and he had a camper van with a bed in the back. Wait, wait, was hold on. Like, was he expecting you to use it? Yeah, he was very keen that we would, we went for a drink and then he was like, he brought me back to his camper van and then just like slid the back door back in like a, with a bit of flair to reveal a bed. Like I'd be really impressed. And I was like, 
not going to get in your like car bed in the middle of like Bromley town centre. <laughs> it was oh, so weird. Man. So I've had a lot of bad car situations. So Sam, I feel like I've learned a lot about you. I feel like since you're divorced, you're a lot more open with dates. You don't mind if they're older or they're younger, they're male or they're female. It's great. It's very, very open. Uh, the one thing that really annoys you is the car situation. Yeah. Just don't pick you up in a car. Yeah, no, just don't involve the car in any way. <laughs> also, don't Google me. Do you know what, though? I'm really proud of you for that because I find it really hard not to do some research. I don't know, my little journalistic brain, I just have to research every situation. <laughs> Before I let you go, something I ask all my guests, chat up lines, yay or nay? Yay. Do you like a chat up line? Do chat up lines work on you? If it's funny... I think if they're like genuinely like think it's sexy and, Mm -hmm. you know, are very committed to it, then no. Mm -hmm. Because I think going up to someone and talking to them for the first time, a stranger, can be quite hard. So Mm -hmm. I think if you've got a silly chat up line and you know it's silly, uh, but you're doing it for a laugh, I think, yeah, I think that's quite fun. And have you ever used a chat up line? Have you kind of gone up to someone and said, how are you doing? I've definitely gone up to a lot of people. <laughs> in <laughs> I like Numbers it. Game. Well, I like, I quite like making the first move. Like that is quite me. I don't think I have used. Oh, I think I've said, so do you come here often? As a joke. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. <laughs> so like as a joke and then laughed. And then they yeah. laughed and then we started chatting. Yeah, I think that's the only one. I haven't said like the fall from heaven one or like those clothes would look I think the best thing you can do is if, if, there's, if, there's a, if there's a fit barman, just go straight up to him and ask him, do you come here often? He's like, yeah, every day it's my bloody job. I did actually once have sex with a barman when he was on shift. Wait. He, in the he was, toilets of the it was it was uh, well, I, I love that you've left this beauty till the very end of the podcast so well, he, he was still working it wasn't he was still technically working uh, well it clearly yeah, wasn't because so, it was a shift for him <laughs> i'd been to the bar like a few times so i'd seen him a mm-hmm. few times we like checked each other out and then i was there with friends drinking and he was serving us drinks and my friend was talking to someone else and then me and him got chatting we're like having a nice mm-hmm. time and this is like mm-hmm. post-divorce where i was like because I've always wanted to have sex in a in a, like a public toilet because I've never really before my marriage had sex anywhere very adventurous like not even in a woods or anything like mainly just inside mm-hmm. so I'd always been like I want to tick it off the bucket list to have have sex like sneakily in a public toilet where it's all like oh my god someone might find us and I wasn't thinking that at the time but we were getting on quite well and he just kissed me like in full view like he was at work in his waiter's outfit in full view of everyone at the table and I was like oh that's nice and then he was like meet me downstairs for more kisses (gasps) and I was like no stop it no and then later in the evening I went to the toilet I'd had quite a lot of prosecco by this time went to the toilet (laughs) and then I came out of the toilet and he was waiting there and I was like oh hi so we had a bit of a snog Mm-hmm. And then we um, went into the ladies' toilet. So there was like four cubicles. And then in the But wait, there's people section, in there though, no? No, there, there was wasn't like other... people in there. Okay. At the time. Okay. And there's a little section at the end, like a mirrored section where you can mm-hmm. like, there's a seat and you can, it was quite a posh bar where you can like put on your lipstick sort of vibe. 
So we went down there and he sat in the seat and I sat on top of him and we were like snogging. And then I had a condom in my purse. So I was like, always this prepared. is the perfect opportunity to do And if you're going to do it in a public with. toilet, do it in a good one. Like, you know, do it in a yeah. plush one. Like that's nice and clean. That has a little bench in it. No, I like your style. Exactly. It was really funny because, you know, when you have a little bit to drink, you lose your inhibitions. And I mm. remember, so, and he like lifted me up against the mirror and everything. It was very mm. sexy. I mean, actually in practice, it was quite, awkward physically because that position you can't maintain for that long a time but it was very oh all the things and I remember having a moment with myself in the mirror so I was looking at my reflection whilst I was having sex with this very hot younger than me barman and I looked into my own eyes in the reflection and thought yeah we're doing this (laughs) this is happening we've we're so adventurous now and then the cleaner came in <gasps> to the toilets you like can you come back set- in just a few minutes because yeah there'll be something I, to clean luckily, up I was wearing a skirt so I was completely covered so yeah. I didn't have any things hanging out but she was like I have to clean she said <laughs> quite sternly and then I was like oh sorry and then so we went inside a cubicle just to finish oh my god you didn't even stop no and then he went back to work and then I went upstairs grabbed my friend and I was like I've just had sex with the waiter in the toilet we have to leave and then my friend grabbed our coats and we left do you know what I couldn't think of a better story for us to end on that is a great story (laughs) and you know the best thing about all of that was was your moment in the mirror it was. I remember it vividly. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm just having sex with someone I've just met, but it's fine and I'm enjoying it. And people might call me a slut, but I'm allowed to do this because I'm a sexual being and I'm in We're control of my of body. And I've always wanted to have sex in a public toilet. And I'm really glad I'm having this moment. It was like a really like empowering I know it doesn't sound like an empowering story but it was a really empowering moment for me of like I'm being sexually adventurous and I'm proud of myself I'm very proud of you and thank you for sharing that story and thank you for sharing all of the stories uh, Samantha Baines and and do make sure that you listen to Samantha's podcast The Divorce Club it's really great and even if you're not divorced because someday you might be (laughs) but thank you Samantha Thank you. And thank you to everyone for tuning in to this episode of Dating Hall of Fame. I'm absolutely loving receiving all your dating stories. We've had so many. um, So thank you. Please keep them coming. If you would like to send in a voice note for inclusion in the show, then please email it to dates at magscreative.co.uk and we'll try to play them. Otherwise, you can write your stories in the review section of the podcast. The good, the bad and the ugly. Don't hold back. Until next time, take care. Thank you again to our sponsors, Extra Chewing Gum, who are making this series possible. It doesn't have to be as much of a roller coaster as we've just heard. You can breathe through even the toughest dating moments with a fresh new outlook. Don't forget to check out Extra's new Find Your Other Half personalized packs that are giving you the confidence to go out and find your special someone, meaning you can still get all the feels from tonight's date without worrying about the microwave fish you had for lunch. Extra Chewing Gum has got your dating back.